0: To instructions touch if you like' welcome welcome to cam blue's bout business MMA podcast featuring Lou feero a production of greenrollmedia.com the world's premier sports betting podcast network rooted in fabulous Las Vegas Nevada 100 100%, 100% now, it's Fight Weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event, you ready? Bring it on. Come on. and he's all about business, Lou Carroll
1: Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Las Vegas 64 edition of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. Again, last week, phenomenal listenership. And as always, we want to take the first message of the podcast to thank those listening. Last week, the results, one and four, minus 3.34 units, however, and that bears discussion. No excuses whatsoever. However, preparing for and producing these podcasts every week is surely a responsibility I take very, very importantly. Preparing for and producing these podcasts is something that is extremely important to me. However, last week, again, no excuse. I had a family emergency with my 90-year-old mother-in-law, my wife and son in Memphis that forced me to drop everything I was doing on a Friday and attend to her normally with a Active gamblu.com webpage, I would have simply been able to postpone the podcast, call it off, delay it, whatever, and then have access for those listeners to be able to get the releases via the webpage. The webpage will be corrected at the first of the year. Last week, I have to admit, I was ill prepared to make educated positions and thus our results we're big boys however i made the positions i'm accruing the losses and we are going to go ahead and take to date a 97 and 114 minus 4.56 unit figure into this week those are our numbers now we attack we're really if you think about it fight enthusiasts just a couple fight cards from getting this deficit taken care of and getting us back to profitability by the end of the year. It's important that I do that. This week we have five rounds. We're gonna invest four and a half units. If we hit them all, which if we did, then I'll quit and never do a podcast again, which I'm kidding. If we hit them all, we'd have 7.69 units. So let's start with round one. (laughs) Round one. We're going to talk a lot about weight misses today because on this card, five people missed. Now, of the five, one of the gals, Shanna Young, fighting Miranda Maverick, is going to take the last pound off, and she's going to end up making it. But there's four degenerates that missed, and they missed pretty badly, and two of them affect our releases. In round one, we're going to the weights, Mario Bautista against Benito Lopez. We've been in love with Bautista. He's one of the MMA lab prospects. And by prospects, I mean the lab has four active UFC bantamweights in their gym. Sean O'Malley, who just beat Peter Yan a couple weeks ago. Kyler Phillips, Casey Kenny, Mario Bautista. Each of these swords sharpens each other's steel, Bautista being critical in O'Malley's preparation for Yan. Bautista has been very active. He's a relatively quiet, subdued, non-flamboyant personality, quite opposite of O'Malley, but he's a grinder. He's well-rounded. He's got great striking, supremely coachable kid. He opens 235 against Benito Lopez, who's an inch taller, a year younger, has a four-inch reach advantage, However, our concern with Lopez is that, number one, he hasn't fought since 2019. Now, he could show up to weigh-ins today looking like a world-beater and then show up tomorrow night in the fights and show us that he's doing a lot of improving. His first impression, however, wasn't quite so good as he waddled to the scale looking soft and flabby, missing the bantamweight weight. Limit of 136 by two and a half pounds. Dude rolls in at 138 and a half. Uh, Either he wasn't able to run, he wasn't able to train. Something's up with this fight. We liked Bautista before Lopez's miss. And now what we see from this miss, Lopez did take as much time as he could to at least make it look like he was trying to lose the weight, he stepped on the scale with just minutes to go. He's going to lose purse to Bautista, and he's going to lose teeth to Bautista because Mario Bautista's pissed off now, and he's going to put on a little extra something on top of a performance with a new contract that he just signed that he was looking to display. Round one, Mario Bautista, minus 300? I don't think so. We could easily do that, but even for parlays, it doesn't make sense. Let's just go ahead and take Bautista as it reads in DraftKings, quote-unquote, to win by finish, plus 170 for a half a unit. Round one, Mario Bautista to win by finish, plus 170 for a half a unit. Now let's go in to another preliminary fight that's at featherweight for round two as reference round two featherweight fight really great clash of styles we got a kid fighting out of nebraska against a guy coming in shipping in from china nur dan is the chinese featherweight great experience inch taller he's four years younger substantial that said his experience is based on local Chinese talent with three and five, seven and five, ten and four records. Okay, but the level of competition, not great. In his three UFC fights, he lost to Josh Kulibao. No harm in that. Kulibao's a killer. He beat Sean Soriano, no longer in the uh, organization, and TJ Brown. I wouldn't say that's a murderer's row. Minner, on the other hand, who he fights, sure, he is four years the older fighter. But when we look at how old Minner is at 32, he's not an aged guy. And his years equate to experience advantage, mostly manifested in the level of competition and who he's been in with. He was originally scheduled to fight Damon Jackson, in this fight. And yeah, he lost to Ryan Hawley and he's lost to Darren Elkins, but he's also beaten good fighters like Charles Rosa. So I think Minner is sneaky good here. He's going to have to weather a furious striking first round from a big cut up Chinese fighter. But I think Minner has what it takes to get a hold of this guy, take him down. We're looking at over under two and a half under 140. Under is a minus 140. While people get excited that Nur Bike might not Minner out, while that's a possibility, I'm more excited in Minner potentially submitting Nur who, oh, by the way, has been finished via sub more than a couple times in his career. Round two, Derek Minner, the underdog. We're going to use a half a unit on Minner, who's currently priced plus 180. We're also going to go to submissions. He's a plus 300 underdog there. Half a unit submission. So round two, Derek Minner, half a unit straight up, half a unit via submission, plus 300. Now let's move into round three. Before we get to round three, quick review of futures. UFC 281 next week, we have Puelas plus 140 released last week. UFC 282, that'll be early December. We have Duplessis minus 135. Those breakdowns will come when the fights arrive. And right now we're going to move into UFC Las Vegas 64 round three. And in round three, we're going to the main card and we're going to the lightweight division where we have Grant Dawson fighting Mark Madsen. This is a case here of two really high-level wrestlers, both learning and still developing striking. But one, Grant Dawson, is two inches taller, 10 years younger, coming off a pretty impressive win. Now, the thing with Dawson, used to fight at Glory MMA, switched to move to Florida AT&T. I'm not so sure about that move. Dawson concerns me in some aspects. When we look at the opponent, Mark Madsen, Madsen's a Dane. He's from Denmark. He was a silver medalist in the Olympics, Greco-Roman wrestling. So this guy wants to grapple. Dawson wants to grapple. Dawson opens minus 220 to plus 190 for Madsen, and it currently sits right there, depending on where you're shopping, 230 to 215, favored on Grant Dawson. Madsen trains here in Phoenix at Fight Ready. Has a couple of decent wins over Val Pichel, Clay Guida. He can be challenged in later rounds with cardio. That being said, I'm sure he's addressed that because the guy is a world-class wrestler. As I look at the breakdown of this fight, we're going to see groping, grabbing, grappling, grappling. All on the ground. These guys aren't going to strike. They're going to go after each other's strength. And I happen to think, though Madsen's ten years older at 38, I think his wrestling's better than Dawson's, who also struggles with gas late. Grant Dawson hit the scale five minutes after weigh-ins overweight. His limit 156. He comes out 157. He's absolutely cheating. He's pining for advantage. If you want to say it politely. But any guy that doesn't work to cut the weight for two hours is cheating. And to come out after five minutes with a pound and a half over the limit, he's simply saying that I'm willing to give money away in order to have advantage on this fight. That really pisses me off. And it almost caused me to take Madsen down. But that being said, I'm going to stay with Madsen. We were going to originally play him a half a unit straight up and a half a unit via decision because this fight's over is two and a half rounds shaded minus 200 to the over, but I'm going to back off because I don't like Dawson cheating. And so we're going to stick with Madsen. I've learned that maybe it's best to just hold tight and back off. So we're going to take Madsen straight up, currently priced plus 190. That'll be round three for a half a unit. Make sure that's a half a unit wager, fight enthusiast at plus 190, Mark Madsen. Now let's go into round four. (laughs) Round four. This is a fight released earlier on the VSIN Digital Magazine, and it is a flyweight bout between Tagir Ulanbekov and Nate Manis. Ulanbekov from the Khabib Nurmagomedov camp. He certainly is a Russian vice grip of a wrestler, but this Russian doesn't really wrestle as much. He prefers to use his long, lanky limbs and stand and bang. He's got dubious competition in the UFC, in my opinion. Just got beat by Tim Elliott. Now, Tim Elliott's aged, but he's herky-jerky, unusual movement, and very hard to get a hold of. And I think that Elliott... Schooling of Ulanbekov gonna force Ulanbekov to come back improve. Ne- meanwhile, Nate Manis has taken most of the fights of his career at 135 pounds. Manis is going to have size, he's going to have experience, he's going to have length over Ulan Bekov. The key was whether he could make the cut from 35 to 25 successfully. And the reason I released this early in the week is because I was aware that Manis had taken a few trial cuts to 125, made them clearly. He did that at the UFC Apex in front of those people so they could make the fight knowing it would go off. Manus is going to have size. And I think the key to this fight is his last fight against Nurmagomedov's cousin. At 135, the Nurmagomedov was able to take Manus down and manhandle him on the ground. Manus, the slider man, was unable to do anything from bottom position and get up. He is clearly aware that Ulanbekov's probably going to try and mimic the same plan. The issue is, is that Manus's size is going to allow him to provide Ulan Bekov a little more sturdier takedown defense. Really, really like Nate Maness in this spot. He's focused, he's ready to go, and he's also plus 190. Round four, Nate Maness, plus 190, one unit. And now let's roll into our parlay, which is round five. (laughs) Round five is our parlay. And we're going to go to the undercard, one of the first three or four bouts for a bantamweight fight between Johnny Munoz Jr. and Ludwig Shonenan. Shonenan, a good fighter from the Ukraine. Uh, however, I think uh, with a lack of UFC experience, here's a guy that's been subbed in undercards before he got to the UFC. And when he did get to the UFC, he fought Jack Shore to a decision. So this guy's no bum, but he's surely in need of a win in order to try and keep his position in the UFC. Meanwhile, he fights a guy, and Munoz Jr. lost his last two as well. One to Nate Manis, who we just discussed, but Munoz took that fight on very short notice. He's won one fight in the UFC against a fighter no longer in the organization, as well lost to Tony Gravely. Munoz Jr., I think, is the more athletic man. He's three years younger, and he's a sub-expert. He is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist that isn't afraid to get dirty, wrestle, and take it down. And we've seen in Sholinan's past that he gets subbed. I think this is a really excellent spot for Munoz Jr., but again, he opens minus 190, and now his current position is minus 240. So, a little too expensive straight up, but let's team him in the parlay with our main event in the ladies, strawweight division, Marina Rodriguez. Rodriguez opens minus 150. She's currently plus 225. We take a 225 favorite and match it with 240, and we get a one-unit investment that's going to return to us 1.06. Now, the catch here, because we have so few releases this week, I like this position and this parlay. This is a 1.5-unit parlay. So the 1.5-unit will return, should we be lucky enough to hit it, 1.59. I think Rodriguez length, I think the fact that she's going to have plenty of room to maneuver, even in the smaller cage. These ladies fighting in a small cage still be like two flies in a barrel. It's going to be not necessarily an exciting fight outside of two rounds. And I say that because I think Lemos the lion is going to have to attack Rodriguez and try and do something very early to her. Because the longer this fight goes, the more Marina will control distance and use her length. To batter lemos and perhaps into a finish i'm not so sure i like marina rodriguez straight up and at minus 225 we're gonna team her with johnny munoz jr in a parlay where 1.5 unit pays 1.59 units there we have it fight enthusiasts we're investing four and a half units Let's try and win them all and get back to profitability because getting back to profitability is only a matter of time here. Stay with me now. We're coming to the end of the year and our best fight cards are ahead of us. Good luck watching these fights and thank you so much for listening.
0: Locked into Blue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finnecaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA.
1: All the ball, the, superl- the- ah! oh, good net hand is ridiculous. Oh, my goodness.